Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. He is a motivational speaker. He is a health and mindset coach. He is a network marketer. He is the founder of Invictus Empowerment, and he is the host of the Fired Up Morning Show. Let's welcome my friend, Joshua Martinez. How are you doing today, Joshua? Oh, man, I'm so phenomenal. Thank you so much for inviting me on to this. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, first time that we're seeing your face on a Zoom channel, which I think is awesome because the human aspect uh, Clubhouse doesn't really exactly get i hear your voice i can recognize you from any kind of crowd <laughs> uh, but it's nice to see your face victor it's a pleasure being here same here it's great to see you and it's a pleasure having you on so i'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story how did you get involved in becoming an entrepreneur and network marketer mindset coach you mind sharing your journey with us please yeah i mean it starts off when i was a little boy and i'm just joking i mean it did really start off when i was a little boy i, I was uh I was always someone that wanted to help people. And if you were to come to my parents and ask them, what were, what did I want to be when I grew up? They would have told you, oh, I wanted to cure cancer. Cause that's what I told them. I was like, I want to cure cancer. I want to cure cancer. Cause I just, I saw a lot of people in pain from it. I would see billboards of like cancer rates around. And I didn't even know what it was. I was like two or three years old. And I'm like, whatever that is, apparently is really bad. And I want to help people. But little did I realize that it wasn't actually cancer. And I'll get into this a little bit more. Uh, later in my story, but <clears throat> it wasn't cancer of health. It was cancer of the mind. And, you know, when I first started in entrepreneurship, I was in a very dark place. I was the kind of person that can hide his pain behind a smile. You'll never know anything was wrong with me. And, you know, I, I didn't want people to know behind the mask. And, you know, it was tough for me to share what was going on. My family, I remember so clearly, so clearly, I was at school and my neighbor texts me and she's like, hey, are you moving? And I said, uh, no. And she sends me a photo of the front of my house with a moving truck and half my stuff out in the yard. And I'm like, um, okay. So I get out of class, I call my dad. <clears throat> and my dad tells me, he says, Poppy, I'm so sorry, but we got evicted and we need to pack up everything and go. And I remember coming back home with all of my family's belongings out in the yard my mother crying. Well, actually she was, had a red face and red eyes because she's been crying the entire day. And, you know, I remember I first went into my room and I'm like, wow, I'm never going to be here again. And the first thing I grabbed Victor, I'm not even going to lie to you, was my video games. <laughs> I grabbed my Xbox 360. I grabbed everything. And I'm like, all right, I got the essentials. Now it's time to get my clothes. Like, <laughs> uh, and you know, it was a, it was a trickle effect that happened because I, that was the first time my family dealt with something really major like that. So a few months down the road, it's my senior year and a couple of weeks into it, I get a call from my mother and my mother is just, she, I answer the phone and she's just sobbing, sobbing, Victor, just crying. And I, I ask her, mom, what's wrong? And she tells me that my oldest sister was admitted to the hospital because she had a stroke and at 23. <clears throat> so that pretty much set off a whole series of events from that one moment. Uh, one four month time period for my family. And I remember looking at my sister when she was in the hospital and I was like, there is nothing I can do really. And, but I had to step up somehow as the second oldest in my family, the only son out of three sisters, I had to step up somehow. And I was seeking opportunity. That moment I said, I will never be in a position where I can't really help my family ever again. And that's when I started doing as much hard work. Sorry, that was a spam call. Excuse me. That was when I started doing as much hard work as possible. Mm -hmm. And I little did I realize that it wasn't working hard. That was a problem. It was working smart. Mm -hmm. And I deterred, uh, deterred away from my goals very much. So that little kid that wanted to cure cancer was having his own cancer in his own mind. I was hanging out with the wrong people. I was going to Miami all the time. I was partying, I was spending all my money on things I shouldn't have been spent money on. And, you know, I, I, I use it as an excuse. And 
then one day I got fired from my job that I was working 60 plus hours a week for plus going to school. I got fired that day. And I remember I'm like, wow, what am I going to do now? I had a torn ACL. I was losing weight dramatically from, from that injury. I was 140 pounds one day. And I said to myself, I'm like, wow, not only do I not have money or a job, but I'm really unhealthy right now. And I was like, God, like, what can I do right now? What, what's available for me? I thought I was joining the military, but that didn't end up working out because of my knee injury. And, you know, I remember so clearly one day, my mom, she comes to me and she said, Oppie, I need you to go to Walmart. And I said, uh, no, I don't want to go to Walmart. But my mom's Puerto Rican. So <laughs> I was there in like 10 minutes and I come in and out, literally just one or two items. And someone invited me out in the parking lot to a nutrition club. And that was the first time I was introduced to a concept I can truly understand, which was nutrition. I was always into fitness. I was always into health. I was always into working out. But nutrition was something I always suffered with because I thought you'd had to spend a lot of money. I thought you had a meal prep and I didn't have that means at that time. So I finally found a company that was amazing and uh, trans transformed my entire body um, and thus my mind and my spirit. But I gained 21 pounds of lean muscle mass on, off my company's products. And that just sealed the deal for me. I was like, well, this works. That's it. I got to tell everybody. And I did. And I started building a business. And that's when I got introduced to network marketing and entrepreneurship. And what was amazing about that was that not only did my company help my body, but it started to work in my mind. My company is big on Jim Rohn and Mark Hughes, which is the founder of our company. And Jim Rohn, I know a lot of network marketers know Jim Rohn is amazing. And I remember this one line that transformed my life. I was never the same after hearing this. It's not what happens that determines your life future. It's what you do about what happens. All of us are in a little sailboat and it's not the blowing of the wind that determines your destination, but the set of the sail setting the sale of better thinking, better habits, better life goals. It's not the blowing of the wind, but the set of the sale. And I was just like, wow, Jim, I wonder if you're right. I wonder if I could set a new cell. And I did. I set a new cell in my better thinking habits. I stopped thinking negatively. negatively. I started expressing myself more. That kid that used to hide his pain wasn't hiding his pain anymore. And that was tough for me, Victor. That was really tough for me. I was the man of the house. You know, so that wasn't easy for me, but I learned that the true strength is actually vulnerability. And then that's when it led me to spirit. I started working on my relationship with God. And that's something that, that has even transformed my, my, my life more than I ever thought possible. So in a nutshell, that's how I got started with entrepreneurship. And that's uh, where I'm at today. Right, that's some awesome stuff. So, and I love the Jim Rowe quote. It's not what happens to you that, that matters. It's it's what you decide to do to what happens to you. Again, it's a lot of people don't realize it's not necessarily the event. And a lot of us people have bad events mm. happen to them, but it's their response to the events. And that's where your power lies. And a lot of people don't realize it. they think because they have one bad <clears> event <throat> that happens to them, their life is solely ruined. And that doesn't mean yeah. it can have bad consequences, but you can rise from it. That's why people can grow up in a really bad innocent neighborhood with a lot of misery. One person winds up in prison for 20 years, the other person becomes a successful entrepreneur because mm -hmm. of the choices they made, how they respond to the situation. So I, I, I'm like you, I am a big Jim Rohn fan. He, is, he has inspired so many people, so many entrepreneurs, so many network marketers. That guy has such a incredible amount of wisdom. And you, know, yeah. and you went through some tough times too. You know, your, your family had an eviction and then you dealt with the tragedy of your 23-year-old sister having a stroke, which is really tough. You decided you needed to, you know, help the family out. You were the man of the house. You had to work. You were working a lot of hours and going to school. And then, but unfortunately, there were also bad things going on. You were hanging out with bad people. Mm -hmm. you, you had a torn ACL. Your health wasn't that good. And then no. you eventually changed it. You invited to this thing for nutrition, and that eventually opened, you know, you started getting good results. You're getting good health, you're losing, you were gaining weight, you were, you know, you were much healthier, you decided to share this with everyone, and that, you know, that opened your eyes to the possibilities of network marketing, and it's really where your journey started. So, yeah, I, I think it's always, that's why I like to hear people's stories, because it just shows a lot of people have gone through difficulties, really tough times, struggles, adversity, 
and they were able to overcome it by the choices that that they made. And I like that phrase, cancer of the mind. You know, a lot of people have this poor negative mindset, and it's it's the worst form of cancer because when that mindset is so negative, it really prevents you from doing so many great things. But when you're able mm -hmm. to change that mindset, it uh, pretty much the sky's the limit. And, and you talked about spirituality. You develop that relationship with God. You know, your whole life will definitely totally change because you see everything with a totally new viewpoint. You really see oh my gosh. Every, yeah. everything changes for you. It, it's incredible. Once you develop that spirituality, you develop a relationship with God, everything changes. How you look at things totally changes. So I thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, especially relationship with God was the last thing, but honestly, that was that's priority in my life right now. And that's that's it's funny because I was raised in an area that in the time period, I guess, um, that wasn't really so fond. I, I thought the people who I met that were in Christianity were not Christian. Like they would judge you, they would like think badly of you, they would think that they're above you. And, you know, it turned me off. But little did I realize that that's not what having a relationship with God is. And because someone else gave you a bad taste in your mouth doesn't define the whole religion, which is similar to network marketing, because a lot of people in network marketing, you know, there's some people who do really well and play the play by the books and, and really do the deal. But then there's people that don't do it and put bad tastes in people's mouths. And then people say that network marketing is a scheme. But then it's just like, well, you had one bad experience. How can you judge a whole industry? So it's like, how can you judge the whole of Christianity if you had one bad experience or, you know, a handful? But the point is, is that if you look behind the, the covers, if you just take a little bit of your own of your own self-interest into it, you're going to be realize you're going to realize that there's a lot more to it than you could probably ever thought possible. And network marketing was like that for me. Network marketing is a gift. And it's it's something that I'm very clear on. And whenever I talk to people about it, I don't talk about how hard I grind. I talk about how many people I'm helping because it, if it's not grinding. It's not the same kind of aspect. It's like the same thing as, as you developing a relationship with God. It's not discipline. It's just the who you are, you know? So that's, that's what I've learned. And spirituality really tied and connected all those dots with me as well. That is awesome. Yeah. And you can't judge anything because of a few bad apples because some Christians are judgmental. They're pharisaical can't judge all of them by it. There's still a lot of Christians that are loving, that have a wonderful relationship with God, that love people, that are there for people, that love mm. people, that are always be there for, that are praying for other people all the time. And yeah. we're marketing, you have some bad apples, but there are a lot of great people there. And I love your mindset. Your mindset's focused on not just grinding, it's really focused on helping and serving people, making a difference in people's lives. So I think your your attitude, your, your point of view things really determines what happens to you and everything, both in your spirituality in your business, if your focus is simply, I need to recruit, 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 and your focus is solely on what you can get out of them, it's one reason why a lot of people don't succeed in this business. But when your focus changes to serving them, how you can make yeah. their lives better, how you can help them, and they sense it, because people can read your body language, they could read your subconscious language, they could read whether you, you want something social just to join on this so you can make money, or they can sense if you really care about them. And when your focus changes, they read that, and say, oh, I like this person. This person cares about me. I, I want to learn more about what he does. Mm. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with clarity, in my opinion, too, because, you know, when, I, when you're not clear on what the purpose of your company does and what the purpose of network marketing is in society, then you're probably going to think of it as a sales job. And it's far from it. There's very, yeah, sales happen in network marketing, but it's like one out of maybe four or five major areas you should be developing. Like there's leadership development. There's, there's how you talk to people. There's, there's like sales is just a transaction, but the whole process beforehand and the process, especially after, you know, like Jim Rohn says, follow-up is a for, uh, the fortune is in the follow-up. That's not sales. It's not like you just sell something and say, okay, thank you. Bye. You can act that way. But you know what, what I found that network marketing is it's, it's, it's just something that's able to really, really, help a lot of people, uh, the average person really become successful. And I think what I love about it the most is the fact that it's something that's able to be duplicated, as they say, it's something that anybody can do, anybody. It doesn't matter what background you have, it doesn't matter where you've been at, 
before, whether you've had a very nice life or a very poor life, like how a lot of us in America probably have felt. And especially through tough times, like pandemics and things like that, what's what can be sec more secure than your own efforts, your own hard work? And that's something that I think is just an extraordinary blessing that network marketing gives us. But clarity, I think, is the number one thing that people struggle with. They don't they don't really grasp exactly where their business is placed in society. I'm very clear that my company rids poverty and my company rids um, malnutrition. I'm very clear with that. And because of that, I mean, how am I operating? I'm clearing your debt. And I'm clearing the bad eating habits that you have. Like how amazing is that? And that's just with just network with my company and nutrition wise, like I can only imagine things like finances and credit card company MLMs, or, you know, uh, I, I know there's a lot of stock market MLMs, whatever the case may be, but it's just, if you're clear, then the how is very easy. And it's not, you won't act in a place of scarcity anymore. And I think that's where a lot of people fail at and where I feel that a lot too, because it's not something that's really taught by consensus of so many people because not so many people understand that. It's really about being clear where, you're, where your company really helps people and how you fit into the equation. And when you get that, just it tied up in a knot, it's, it's so easy. It's kind of ridiculous actually <laughs> I, I totally agree clarity is incredibly important you gotta know what your company does how it helps people and like you say you know your company gets better nutrition people gets rid of malnutrition can help get rid of people that can help them develop financial security in the long run I, I think what you've done that a lot of people don't understand about network marketing is the very first person you need to recruit is yourself because once you mm. have your company its products its services that comes across when you're talking to people. And I'm sure you found that out because you really believe yeah. in the company's mission and what it can do for people. And when you're talking to people, I have no doubt that comes across to them. And they say, this Joshua really believes in what he's saying. He really believes in what this company can do for people. And and, and that's a lot more attractive than, than if you if you don't, if you're not clear about what it does and there's this hesitancy when you talk, they've got a sense that too. So you're always giving mm -hmm. out those messages. So I think clarity is very important. A lot of people are not clear about what they want. They're not clear about what their company does. I think it's very important to really learn more about what your company can offer. And realize if they can really make a big difference in people's lives, that will come across when you're talking to people. So I, I'm glad you brought up that point because I don't. I agree a lot of network marketers don't have a lot of clarity about what's going on in their business. They really need to focus on it. Once they do that, they'll see a big shift in their business and how they're able to get people oh, to join yeah. and building that organization. And another thing is uh, this, uh, this offers there's a lot of things involved in here. Uh, you mentioned sales, development. I, another thing I love about network marketing is the personal development aspect. And of course, Jim Rohn was big on that. He used to say, work harder on yourself than on your job. He said, if you work hard on your job, you can make a living, but if you work hard on yourself, you can make a fortune. I think that's why personal yep. development is so important. And I think this industry really encourages you to really work on your personal development. And the more you work on it, the more likely you will have success in this industry. And some people call network marketing uh, personal development with a compensation plan. I think there mm. is some truth to that. And yeah. you mentioned, uh, and you, another thing you said was, this is the great equalizer. Like in the corporate world, for example, if you've been in prison, you have a felony conviction, it's gonna be hard to get a corporate job. You're limited very yeah. often as to what kind of jobs you can get. But network marketing, they don't care your background. They don't care how you're poor, you're rich, you're middle class, if you're in prison, what your gender is, what your race is, what your religion is. If you're willing to put in the time and the effort, you're willing to help people out, you, you're willing to do that personal development, anyone can succeed. You know, I, I, mm. I know people who've been in prison will become very successful network marketers. So that's what I love about this industry. It doesn't discriminate. It's really up to you if you want to succeed in this industry. They're not going to have yeah. these big obstacles that because of what you did or where you're from, it'll stop you from succeeding. The only thing that will stop you from succeeding in this industry is you yourself. You hit the nail right on the head. It's so true. And that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people because in the average employment areas, I mean, you know, we're used to having our boss shut us down or our coworkers not showing up when there was a project or, you know, I remember back when I was working as a server and I'd wanted, I'd cover everyone's shifts. I don't know if servers are watching this right now, but I would cover everyone's shifts 
But the moment I wanted my shift covered, nobody was available. And, you know, it, those little, like everyone, everyone, you know, we're used to that. And when we step into the realm of entrepreneurship, and then this is like, no, 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 all of this is actually your fault. That's a hard pill for people to swallow because they think your fault means something bad. And it's not bad. And the thing is, is that what's interesting about that is that I used to blame myself. Why am I not growing fast enough? Why am I not talking to enough people? Like what? And, and I would blame myself. I'd say it's my fault. I'm not smart enough or I don't have the resources, whatever the case may be. I mean, the list, I can come up with a whole list. But, you know, another thing that Jim Rohn talks about is just like, you know, you can have a whole list of reasons why you can't, but except for the most important one, which is you, right? It's you. And that's okay. It's not taking fault is taking responsibility at the same time. And when we were able to shift our mindset from uh, from employee to entrepreneur to, to, to boss, right? And we we're like, okay, whether it succeeds or fails, it's my fault, but I'm not going to actually use it as a, um, what's the term? I'm not going to use it as a statement of my character. It's just a happening. That is just, that was really transformative for me because I would think that, wow, this person said, no, I must not be a good leader. Oh my God, this person left my team. I must not be great. Oh my God, my, someone didn't lose weight off the products or something like that or whatever. Uh, they didn't like the shakes. Oh, I guess the products don't work or whatever the case may be. It, it's, it's happening and it's not a definition of character. It is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I struggled with a lot, just shifting that, you know what, I'm going to use this as a learning opportunity and network marketing gives us that. But that transition period, I can see why a lot of people struggle from employee to entrepreneur. All of it is on you, whether you succeed or fail is on you. And I think that's something that, that if it's, the faster you can adopt the mindset that it's your fault, but it doesn't define your character, then the faster you get to grow in this industry, the faster you get to go over your fears, your overwhelm, your self-doubt, the faster you can take responsibility for your future. So, and, and entrepreneur, I don't know a single industry that is able to give you that kind of gift, but that's that right there is a real big part of freedom for me. No, well said. I think he has some really good points there because, yeah, you as we discussed, you have to take 100% responsibility. You do something wrong, you take responsibility for it. But it doesn't mean you're cursed to that kind of life. You know, if someone mm -hmm. leaves, you know, your organization, right? These things happen. But you know, you still, have, you know, other people in your organization that you've helped out, or someone says no to you. You know what? Especially in this industry, a lot of people are going to say no to you. It doesn't mean you're a failure. Look. We've asked girls out, some say yes, some say no. Because one girl said no, doesn't mean I'm ugly or unattractive. There's other girls that said yes. Same thing yeah. in this business. Some people are going to say yes, some people say no. And you know what? And even when they say no, that does not always necessarily mean no for us. Sometimes it means not yes, maybe down the road. Yeah. Which is why we talk, you talked about Jim Rohn follow. Follow-up is important. So sometimes you reach out to them three months from now, six months from now, or even a year from now. Sometimes the situation has changed and they're more open to what you have to offer. Maybe if the timing was not right, that things weren't, you know, you know, the things didn't align for them. But a year from now, maybe they're worried about losing their job and they need an extra revenue stream. So oh, they're yeah. open to network marketing. I mean, we found that out with COVID. A lot mm -hmm. of people a couple of years ago who would never consider network marketing. <laughs> once once the pandemic hit, they started looking for other possibilities because even the ones that kept their jobs, they were afraid they might lose it. And the ones that lost their jobs, they're looking for another revenue stream. So you never know what can happen. Things, you know, people's situations change all the time. But yeah, you need to definitely, you're not defined by your mistake. You, you're defined, you doesn't define your character. You're a good person, really cares about people and wants to help and serve them. Just any of you make a mistake. We have, like you said, we're, we're all fallible human beings. We're all gonna make mistakes. You learn yeah. from them. And if you do something wrong, you apologize to that person. You can apologize to that teammate, to that, you know, whoever is you're interacting with. But you're going to have failures. And, I, you know, when we were younger, you know, so when we were little babies, we fell down, we got up. We never let that failure stop us. We got up, we kept going. And our parents were cheering us on. They were clapping. They were clapping when we got up. But then yep. something changed as we were little kids. And, you know, parents said, don't do this, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. When we were in school, our teachers said, don't do this, don't do that. And we kept hearing the word no, no, no a lot. And so... Whereas when we were like a year or two old, we wanted to try everything. But then after hearing the word no, 
We hear the word no so many more times than we hear yes. And then that's why we ask someone if they're interested in learning more about our business. And they, they say no. We feel we go back subconsciously to, our, to those times in our childhood saying, oh, look, I'm a failure. They said no. But there's much more to it. They're not rejecting you. It's just the opportunity yeah. to reject it for now. And that's why follow-up is more because, as we mentioned before, things can change a year or, or so from now. And here's the other thing people don't understand about rejection. You don't lose anything. We seem to think when someone says no, we've lost something. Here's the thing. If I have no one in my business, I ask someone to join. If they say yes, I have one person in my business that, that was not there before. If yeah. they say no, I had no one in my business before I asked them, and I still have no one in my business. Nothing changed. The only thing that would make me have these have an issue is the story I'm telling to myself. So if I'm telling myself a negative story, that's where I'm having the problem. It's not the person saying no, it's the story I'm telling myself about what mm. that person saying no means to me. So we, and that's why so so I think is so important because a lot oh, of yeah. times we say a lot of negative things to ourselves in that self-talk and a lot of times we're not even aware of it. Mm. You know, it's actually, it's, it's amazing that you pointed that out because it has to be a fine line between you know, your character versus your business, like it needs to be just your business. And it's funny because I'm thinking about that and, you know, McDonald's gets rejected all the time. I mean, I reject McDonald's. I say no to McDonald's all the time. People say no to Apple all the time and AT&T and all the, and Amazon, you know, people are just strictly on Android for an example, or whatever the case may be. And like every business gets a no. And you don't see a McDonald's manager just standing out in the corner like, oh my God, another car passed me by. Oh my God, there goes another person not entering my store. And they don't, you don't see them freak out. Why? Because they know so many people are going to say yes. After so many cars that pass the McDonald's sign, there's a certain percentage of them that will just stop in for whatever. And that's the name of the game when it comes to any business. So you know, separating that. And I think it's because, you know, especially, I guess, I'm not trying to separate my company compared to others, but I know there's a lot of coaching in mine. So I know that not too many other marketing companies really go into like coaching people with health wise and really helping them, you know, stay motivated, work out and all those things. So, you know, with, with my company, I do see a lot of people struggle when they see that no, and, or, or they hear that that person just didn't follow through. They think it's because it's their leadership, like how I thought. And it's, it's just not, it's just, there's, there's numbers, you know, after so many you get, there's going to be so many that don't, there's going to be so many that say, no, you have to go through the no's first before you can find that one. Yes. And that one, yes, can be a game changer for your business and keeping that hope and understanding that business is business and your character is your character. Just keeping that line very defined. And I mean, whatever happens in my business does not define my leadership. You know, my business can tank today and I will still think I'm a great leader. And that's because of my personal characters. I'm characteristics. I developed this. There's no way you can convince me. You know, God even told me that I'm anointed. So come on, like what can be against me? You know, so it's just, it's a mindset and entrepreneurship is a mindset uh, and understanding what, what's in front of you, what you have inside of you too, is all about mindset and understanding clarity. I totally agree. Your mindset is, is everything and how you feel about yourself is very important. You realize no matter what happens to you, it doesn't change who you are, the leader you are, the character that you have. And, you know, you brought up Christianity before. You know, Jesus taught us that we're sons of the Father, daughters of the Father. And because yeah. we're in a relationship with him, that's where our dignity comes from. We're children of God. So no matter what happens to us, we all have value and dignity. And no matter what tragedy may happen to us, no matter what bad things happen to us, we all have dignity because that's who our dignity comes from for our father. It's not from anything mm. we did or didn't. A lot of people seem to forget that. Forget that. So I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that as well. So spirituality, spiritually, we all have dignity. We should never forget that. No matter what happens to us, we never lose our worth as a human being. So yeah. thank you for bringing that up. And getting back to, we talk about McDonald's. I think that was that was a great example. Like the manager of McDonald's doesn't care if a bunch of cars drive by because he knows a lot of cars he are going to stop in and go to get their burgers and fries and shakes, whatever else they order from McDonald's. And the same thing when you go to a restaurant. It's when, you know, when you're done with dinner and the waitress asks you, would you like dessert with that? And many people say no. She doesn't get angry. She's like, oh, 
no, they don't want dessert. She's like, okay, because she knows she's it's it's she knows that some people are going to ask for dessert, which will help increase her tip. But you know what? It goes to what a lot of people say: you have to marry the process and divorce the outcome. You need to be focused more on the process than mm. on the results. So many people get focused on the results, but you know what? If you do the process right, you're doing everything correctly, eventually the results will come. Sometimes you don't get it immediately, but if you're consistent at it, you will get those results. And that waitress knows that the more people she asks if they want dessert, the more they're gonna say yes. And if she never asked them if they want dessert, rarely you're gonna have someone say, a waitress, can we have dessert? You know, she knows she needs oh, to ask. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know, going back to Jim Rohn, because he talked about talking to people. He says, you know what? If you close nine out of 10 people and I close one out of 10, but if I talk to 100 people, I'm going to close 10 people because I'm talking to more people than you are. So even if you're great at closing people, if you're not talking to that many, the person who talks a lot more people, even though he doesn't close as well as you do, he'll still close more, close more people at the end. So oh, yeah. it's follow up and talk to more people is very important. Yeah, that was a couple of great points you made there. I mean, uh, what you lack in numbers, uh, what you lack in skills, you make up in numbers. That's that's that was something that I definitely took to heart in the beginning of my journey too, because I did, had no skills, no entrepreneurial skills. All I had was just a big old mouth talking about the, how amazing my products were and this is business opportunity, and that that's how it was for me when I first started. And then I started getting a little bit skillful with product knowledge and you know how to help people, blah 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 blah. But, you know, it's funny because uh, when you brought that up, I'm like, wow, yeah, I did flyers for days. I would talk to people for days, message people on Instagram until I got locked out of Instagram, which isn't the best way to grow your business. But, <laughs> you know, I did it anyways because when I lacked in skills, I needed to make up in numbers. And, you know, you you, you mentioned the point there that, um, that about the waitress, you know, she asks for dessert, but if she doesn't ask for dessert, dessert uh, for her tables, then rarely does one say, hey, waitress, I want a dessert. And, you know, it made me think of this story about um, uh, uh, actually a 14-year-old motivational speaker. He gave this example on, um, I forgot what it was, a Toastmasters um, a video from like four years ago or something, but it rocked me. It reminded me of this just now. Um, basically, if to anyone who's watching this right now, let's just say you never played basketball a day in your life right? And you go up against Michael Jordan. Well, here's the catch. Michael Jordan has the ball and so do you. But Michael Jordan is not allowed to shoot the ball. Only you are. Who's going to win? The answer is going to be you because you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Even if you have the skills like Michael Jordan, you won't even make a If you can't make, if you don't take the shot, you won't ever, ever reach it. And you know, it's funny because I just wonder how many people who have the skills of Michael Jordan that are just not taking the shot that are allowing people that are honestly not as good as them move way ahead of them when it doesn't even have to be. And it's funny because like I, when I first listened to that video, I'm like, wow, you know what? I mean, I don't know if I'm Michael Jordan's status in network marketing, but I could definitely understand that I will miss 100% of the shots I don't take. And I could definitely understand that people who don't even know how to close like I do, don't even know the products. I mean, I know pretty much all the products, but that's a gift and a curse at the same time because there's people who don't know as much as I do when it comes to nutrition and things like that that are, are doing way better than me in, in network marketing. And it's just it just means that you just missed 100% of the shots you don't take. Sometimes you just have to actually do the deal and you just get the results and it just falls into place. No, absolutely. You definitely miss 100% of the shots you don't take. A lot of people don't do it. It's all about taking action. That, and as you mentioned, there are people who may not know as much about the business as you do, may not be as smart as you are, but because they're taking certain actions, you're not. That's why they're getting more of the results that you desire. So mm -hmm. um, there's a big difference between theory and practice. There are a lot of people who, who and again, I stress personal development is very important. But if you never take action on the things you learn, you're pretty much wasting your time. Oh, yeah. You develop what's called shelf esteem. You learn a lot, but you never implement <laughs> it. And as a result, your business never grows. And again, the best learning you learn is from taking action. Now, you've taken action, you know, you got into issues with Instagram because you were messaging with so many people, but you learn from it, you know? Oh, yeah. It was, it was taking those actions, talking to people, reaching out to them, that excitement that you had. You made some mistakes along the way, but you know what? You made adjustments along the way. You learn from that. That's how you learn from taking action. 
And that's the big difference between winners and losers in this industry. Winners take action. The word satisfaction, the last six letters, is action. The last six letters of attraction, guess what, is action. Everything changes when you have action. So that's that's how you learn. And, 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 and so you really need to just take that action. That's why a lot of people, unfortunately, fall into the trap of, I need to learn everything before I take action. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so but it, they fall into this perfectionist uh, mm -hmm. trap because you're never going to learn yeah. everything. It's going to, you always, it's, not possible. It, it's possible. You have to keep learning more and more. And because you're, wait, you're waiting for the perfect time, oh, I got to wait till kids finish school. And the kids finish school, oh, I got to wait till my grandkids are problem. There's always an excuse, but the perfect exactly. time to get started is right now because exactly. there's always going to be a new problem, a new issue that pops up. But if you keep waiting, waiting, 20 years pass by, and you say, you know what, uh, I let 20 years pass by. And that's why I think that Jim Rohn also said, the weight of discipline weighs ounces, but the weight of regret weighs tons. If you don't take that action 10, 20 years from now, you're going to have that massive regret. If you take that action, even in the end, things will work out. Guess what? You can at least say, I made the effort. I tried it. Mm. You know, I learned a powerful lesson about regret when I was living in Pittsburgh for a couple of years. I, um, I visited a nursing home and my mentor challenged me. He said, you want to understand regret, go to a nursing home and talk to those people about their lives. I'm like, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> and I remember going to this nursing home and, you know, it was, it was kind of sad, actually. I remember the first three people I talked to when I asked them, what do they what I just asked them, what do they think about life? And they said, I regret. Three people in a row said, I regret, I regret the first sentence. The other two people I talked to mentioned how much they regretted things that they didn't do. But, you know, hearing the first three people say, I regret, like, and my mentor said, you're going to hear the first word say, or within the, or within a couple sentences, I regret, you're going to hear that word. And I said, okay. And I heard it. I regret not telling my son I loved them as much as he needed because now he doesn't visit me and I'm 90 years old. And, you know, it's sad because, and there was a couple of others, but, you know, for lack of time, I guess, I, I don't want to go into too much detail on what they all said. But the point is, is that regret is one of the worst things anyone can ever experience in their life. And I don't want to regret anything. I don't want to regret a single thing in my life. And I don't think anyone should. And the thing is, is that if you're able-bodied able right now, if you're able-bodied, able mentally right now to take action on anything, maybe you can't even move a single limb, right? Because there's people out in this world right now that are, are paraplegics or, or quadriplegics, but they have the mind of, of someone who's so intelligent and, and loving. That's possible to go and touch other people. If Unless you're a complete vegetable and you can't speak, you can't see, you can't do anything, you can't even move okay, I understand that you can't really do much about it. But if you have a voice and you're able to make something happen and, and just, just express yourself in any way possible, then take action. And I tried telling these 90-year-old people that, I, that you're able to walk around. I mean, I know that you're in the back end of your life right now, right? Because there's just like, I'm counting the seconds. And I'm like, listen, take your time still, right? I was like, I was 20 years old. And I remember telling this one man named Jim, actually funny, saying it was Jim. And I was like, Jim, I mean, listen, I know you're at the end of your life right now. You've mentioned it like four times to me, but like, what if you just called your son right now and told him that you loved him? And he said, ah, oh, no, he's not going to listen to me. And I'm like, are you sure about that, Jim? And I don't know if he ever did, but I just made him curious. I was like, are you sure? You're, you're very confident with that. He's like, you don't understand the mistakes I made. I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand how much that can probably change him right now. How much, and, and, and even though you may not be able to enjoy the luxuries of, of that kind of expression, at least you can say it. And he said, okay, but I don't know if he did it because I never went back there. I only visited one time, but I hope that Jim did it. That, that would be amazing if he did, but I really tried with him. And that's just how I feel. Regret is just, regret is the worst. No, I totally agree, and and hopefully he didn't make that call. You just never know. There have been people who have spoken five, ten, twenty years, and like you said, like you said to him, all you're saying, you never know. I mean, me hearing from him, 
you never know. But the thing is, if he doesn't call, nothing will change. But if he does make that call, there's, there's, there's that possibility at least. Possibility. And so, you know, and I, and I know that people who die never reconciling with someone they stop speaking to, and then the person dies and is just eating at them. They have that big regret. At least you make the effort, even if they don't want to talk to you, at least you could say before they died, at least I tried to reconcile with them. He didn't want to, but yeah. I made the effort. So that's why you just need to try because when that person is gone, there's nothing you can do to bring them back. There's no, you can't get them on a Zoom call or give them a call. It's like, mm. that's it, they're gone. So I think too many people, and again, I guess, again, part of that, your rejection, like with that old man you told me at the nursing home, he was afraid of someone reject him. But, you know, like you said, he doesn't have that much time left. So, you know, his son, you never know, maybe his... His son is also afraid to call him. He's afraid of what his father yeah. was saying. You just never know. Sometimes both sides are afraid. And just one person just needs to take the initiative and try. So with everything, you just need to take the initiative. Because the, at the very worst, they say no. But at least you can say to yourself, I gave him my best. I tried. You know, it's all yeah. I can know. You, you can never force the issue with someone. But at least you can at least make the effort to try to reach out to them. And, you know, sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they say no. But at least you feel better knowing, you know what? I, I made the effort, and that's all I, I can do. Yeah, you can't force, like we saw it in the Bible. Jesus could never force anyone to convert. He offered it to them. Some say yes, some say no. He never forced it upon them. He says he made the offer and come join me. Some say yes, some say no. He never forced the issue with them. He's like, you know, he called some, and that, that's the way it is. So it, it happens all the time. So all you can do is offer. You can't force things upon people. So oh, yeah. they have the freedom to say no. I just think it's so important for us to try and to give a chance to things. And even if people said, you know, it's funny because like with network marketing, people feel so weird about it, right? They, they're just like, oh, my friend tried it and they didn't like it. And I'm like, well, your friend probably said Game of Thrones was terrible, but you still watched it for yourself, right? Or, you know, they, there's so many movies that are out there that your friends probably said they were good, weren't good movies and you still saw it for yourself. And it's just like, it's just, what if people have told you wrong? What if, you know, what if all these things that we say that are the way life is, is actually not necessarily the truth. And I just feel that if people gave more chance, more, I'm sorry, not chance, more action to taking possibilities, they'd be surprised how many of these possibilities are actually becoming truths because it's a fact that network marketing has changed lives. It's a fact that when you eat good nutrition, you're going to lose weight or gain muscle. And when you work out, you know, it's a fact that if you read Jim Rohn, you're going to change your mindset. And if you go and invite God into your life, you'll change your spirit. It's a fact. It's just, and, and I've always asked myself, wow, I remember Jim Rohn again. What if it's true that my life is like a sailboat? What if that's actually right? I wonder if that's really true. And I think that curiosity can kill most of these fears if people are more, instead of just being, instead of just being so anxious, invite curiosity in, instead of saying, what will, what will happen if this happened, just said, well, what if it doesn't? Let me be curious about these feelings. Let me be curious about what would happen. Let me be curious about, about actually being the person I want to be. Because we could flip a switch right now and say, you know what, clean slate, I want to be the best person I've ever became in the world. Like, this is my, I'm going to be a Greek god, right? Just quote, unquote. I'm going to literally work out and, and feel my body like I've never felt it before. And I want to love myself today. We can literally flip a switch and say that to ourselves. But do people believe that? I do. I know you do. We can flip a switch immediately and say, you know what, I'm a leader. I'm a leader of 100,000 distributors. I'm a multinational speaker or you know, international speaker. We could flip a switch and believe that for ourselves. But will most people actually dive in and say, you know what, this is how I want to define myself? That's a really good question. And I always ask myself, like, what would happen if more people took more action to possibilities? What would happen if people really knew what was waiting for them if they let go of the fear of the overwhelm? of the self-doubt, of all these things, the, the things our parents told us, what would you look like after deciding none of it was true? I've always wondered that. I don't know if I'll ever know, but I've always wondered what, it, I see it with network marketing, but 
I wonder as a collective, as a society, how would our lives look like? And that's a great question. If, if people open their minds to possibilities and opportunities, how different would everyone's life be? And I think part of the issue is what's called the reticular activating system. Because yeah. it filters out the things that it considers unimportant because your mind is bombarded with so many messages. Now, here's the thing. Mm. You go to an airport, you, you'll hear these announcements, you hear people's names being mentioned. You tend to ignore it. But then when they say your name, guess what? You, you, you pay attention. Why? Because your name is important <clears> to you. <throat> But those 27 other names you hear, you ignore it. So, or say all of a sudden you decide you want to buy a red car. You go outside, you notice every single red car out oh, there. Yeah. Were they there before? Of course they were. But you didn't pay attention before because <laughs> it wasn't important. But now that you yeah. want to get a red car, you notice them all over the place. So when you say something important, you start paying attention to it. Oh, but yeah. but this, at the same time, if you think there are no opportunities <clears throat> out there, guess what? Even an opportunity is presented to you, you will ignore. You won't even recognize that it's a it's a it's an opportunity for you because you think there are no real opportunities out there for you, and that's why a lot of people miss out on them because they think all these things are scamming. The people they listen to, and you you so you had one person who tried it once and didn't make any money. That's probably I'll tell you the truth is most likely that person didn't really try to work that business very hard. No, because this this business has a lot of successful people, it's made a lot of millionaires. Uh, has made this this industry probably made more female millionaires than probably any other industry out there. It's oh, yeah. Lives, so many people, it's helped people's lives get healthier and better from all those nutrition companies. So it's helped a lot of people out. Now, the thing is, who do you choose to listen to? Unfortunately, a lot of people tend to listen to their closest friends. Unfortunately, they may be nice people, yeah. but sometimes these friends are not very successful. You need to listen to the people who have been successful and listen to those are better people to listen to. Find out who the people that are successful. Find out their opinion on this company because they're going to give you a much better viewpoint on things because they're going to look at the possibilities. Even like if you look at certain words, like if you look at the word impossible, you break it down, you could change it to um, possible versus impossible. Or you look at the phrase opportunities are nowhere. You change that last word, you could change nowhere to opportunities are now here. You move it, you separate nowhere That's into two right. words. So instead of opportunities are nowhere, opportunities are now here. It's like how that. you look at things. And that would change where your life goes. So a lot, it's really, you know, Bob Proctor talks about changing your paradigm. You really need to change your paradigm. You need to have that mindset shift because things that might look like obstacles, when you change your paradigm, can start looking like opportunities. But it's really how you view things. And that's why working on your particular activating system, I think is so important because when you do that, I think you'll see a lot more opportunities out there. It's very true. Actually, as soon as you said obstacles, I immediately thought of the book Obstacles Away. And I don't know if you read that book, but that book is definitely, definitely uh, uh, one of the things that actually helped me get over my fear of death. I used to be afraid of dying. Um, but so if anyone's in here watching this and you're afraid of dying, watch the watch, uh, not watch, read the book Obstacles Away. That book is amazing. Um, but you actually reminded me of another story I, I heard. Uh, I think I may have shared this at Clubhouse, but it definitely, it de definitely deserves a share again of about Harry Houdini. Um, Harry Houdini was obviously one of the, he was a sensation. He was an escape artist that you can tie him up to anything and he'd be able to just escape out of it. And there's two rules that, <clears throat> that uh, Mr. Houdini had. And the first rule was that he had to be behind a curtain. No one can see what he was doing. The second rule that he had, the condition I should say, was that every before any event that he anything that he was doing, he would always have to kiss his wife. Now later in his life, he came out in the memoirs in his memoirs that he, uh, whenever he kissed his wife, his wife would slip him a little pick pick lock, basically a lock pick. Um, and it was just this little thing, and he was a master at using it, pick anything with it. So one time there was a set, there was a challenge that a London bank told him that not even Harry Houdini can break this can can pick this lock. This lock is unpickable. And he said, okay, and he was going to do it. Now, prior to which, his family is, and friends, his close relatives were always telling him that one day you may find a lock that you can't pick and it's going to ruin your career. They would just plant that little seed in his head. And he was like, nope, I haven't found it yet. So it's not happening. And this particular lock, 
he actually knew the manufacturers. He studied this lock for years. So he was, he was very confident at the fact that he could pick this lock. So the event comes in, he has three minutes. Behind the curtain, kisses his wife. He's, he's picking the safe and he's fumbling, he's moving and he's seen the clock tick. And he's like listening for the clicks that he's familiar with, but it's not happening. So he's like, uh, okay, this isn't happening. He's picking, picking, sweating. He's like, how is this not being picked? I understand this lock. I've studied this lock for years. And he's just, he takes a step back, breathes, one minute and 50 seconds left on the clock. He goes and grabs a handkerchief. But as he went to go and lift his hands up, he grabs the actual doorknob and the safe was never locked. The safe was never locked. It was only locked in his mind. And I wonder how many people think that their locks, their saves are locked, but have never ever been locked. And it's just an open door. And when Harry Houdini found out, he was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, cause he didn't, he just, he, he almost lost. He almost lost that one little event. And again, what was he hearing in his head? He said, I was hearing my family saying that I'm gonna find a lock one day that I can't pick. This might be the lock I can't pick, but it was never even locked. So that story's awesome. That is a great story because yeah, he didn't realize all the time the lock was never closed. It, it, he, all he had to do was just push it and it was, it was gonna come up. But in his mind, it was. And like you said, he kept thinking from his family, he says, one day you'll come across a lock that you can't pick. And that's what he started thinking. That's, he didn't hear those sounds and he got scared and it's only by accident he was, a, he was able to open it. And a lot of us do the same thing. We lock ourselves in our mind from opportunities and other great things because we're doing it. It's no one else that's causing it to happen. We're the ones that's closing the lock on us. And we need to just change, do that mind shift and open that lock. We can open it. We don't need to fumble around. We just need to just open our mindset. So I thought it was a great analogy. The only person that was that was stopping from getting out of that was himself. Yep. He didn't realize that thing was open. No one closed it on, but he he said to himself, I can't do it. And because of that, he wasn't able to open it until the, he, he was he was getting that so he was lucky. He got lucky. <laughs> but how many times have we done that to ourselves? It, yeah. it reminds me of the story of the baby elephant. A baby elephant is taught mm. in, in the in the circus. If they tie its leg to a post, now the baby elephant's small, so he'll try to break away, and but but the rope is too strong for it, and and, and then he'll try it a number of times, and after a while, the baby elephant realizes it can't go, it can't break away, so it gives up, and then a few years later, when it's just like four or five some colossus where it could easily break the rope, it learned that it could not do it, so that five-ton elephant doesn't even bother trying to break away from the rope, it just it's it gets stuck in a comfort zone of its own making because it learned as a little baby elephant that it could not break away from it and how many times because of what we learn as kids we say to ourselves i can't get out of this i'm, I'm stuck in this comfort zone of my own making i can't do these great things because of what i learned as a kid and and so that little rope that's that's stopping us from moving are those limiting beliefs that we developed when we were younger we can't break away from them and it's because we don't even try just like that big elephant. We think that that rope there is too strong for us and those limiting beliefs are stopping us because we're allowing it to stop us. Yeah. So once we learn that, it's it, the, once we once we realize that little rope is really something tiny and puny we could break away from, it, our lives can just totally change. It's so true. And it's, it's our duty to, un, to do that and to pass that knowledge to future generations because our parents didn't teach us this. You know, it, it's not something that's gonna be taught in school. It's just not. And it's, it's very hard to come by. So it's our duty to release ourselves from our limiting beliefs, to cut the cords, as they say, and teach other people that they could do the same and that it's okay, you're not gonna, not going to just implode <laughs> you know it's and a lot of people find safety in limiting beliefs in their comfort zone and you know it's crazy i had this conversation the other day with uh with a friend of mine she uh she was telling me that she's wanting to quit smoking 
and that she's down to a pack a day, but she struggles so much. But, and I was like, well, you should read this book called The Power of Habit. It's a really good book and it's helped my friend uh, stop smoking. And she's like, okay, great. Uh, what is it really about? And I'm like, well, it's about that habits really determine everything. And it's not that you have the habit of, it's not that you um, can't stop smoking. It's that you haven't replaced it with a different habit, something positive. She's like, what do you mean? Well, when you're smoking, you're usually picking it up and you're at a place and at an area, at a mindset, at a sensation, there's some kind of feeling that triggers that, right? She's like, yeah, usually when I'm stressed is when I smoke. Okay, well, what if you change that habit to instead of smoking, you work out? And she's like, well, I never even thought of that. Is that, can that really work? And I'm like, well, it's worked for a lot of people. I'm sure it can work for you. And it's just curious to me because that can be, that same circumstance can be applied in a lot of different ways. We get triggers, right? then we fall back into the same actions. Like we had a bad day at work. So we come back home and watch Netflix because that's our, that's, that's what we got used to because we're either doing one or two things as human beings. We're either going towards pleasure or running away from pain. That's just what it is. It's just natural. And, but we got to change what is actually pain and what is actually pleasure. If it's more painful for you to sit at home and watch Netflix all day, than it would be to gain, than it would be to actually work out then you're going to find pleasure in working out. If it's painful for you to go in and continue with that bad habit, then you replacing it with that good habit is going to be more pleasurable instead of the other way around. So it's just, it's, it's, a, it's hard work. It's easier said than done. But, you know, when, it, when we're understanding that, okay, I have pleasure in smoking cigarettes and that's not something I want to do anymore. And I have pain whenever I don't. So how can I transform that? I should actually have more pain whenever I, I, I should actually physically and verbally say, this is painful, right? This is not good anymore and replace it to working out for an example and say, this is good. This is actually pleasurable and actually just, just literally try to change the gears. Just actually just takes a lot of courage. I'm not going to lie to anybody who's watching. It takes courage, but it can be done. It's been done by so many people. And if they're not that different from you, then you can do it too. No, I totally agree. You could definitely replace negative habits with positive. It takes work, but it can be done. And I highly recommend that book, The Power Habit of Charles Dewey. It is, it is an amazing book. I think you'll get a lot out of it. You apply the things that he teaches in that book. It could definitely make a difference in your life. So, yeah, you you, you got to find just replace a bad habit with a good habit. I'll give you that same feeling because a lot of times people do it because of the feeling they get. If you know they're feeling stressed out smoking makes you feel less stressed mm -hmm. you replace it like with working out it can replace a bad habit with a good habit so it, it can be done it takes work it's like you said it's not easy it's not like i just do that but it could definitely be done a lot of times because yeah. it, yeah, it has you have to fill the vacuum left in the void that's created by getting rid of the bad habit you can't say i get rid of it. you got to replace it with a newer better habit mm -hmm. I, I highly recommend, again that book is an amazing book i think it's definitely great it is actually i need to reread it to be honest, because I recommended it. I'm like, wow, when was the last time I read that? 2017? Oh, man, I should probably read that again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When, you, when Whenever you read a book a second or third time, there are things you just get out of it that you did the first oh, time because yeah. you've changed so much of the person. So, yeah, definitely a great book recommendation. And uh, we're getting here toward the end of our interview. It has been an amazing interview, uh, Joshua. I, I really appreciate having you on. I love all the great wisdom you shared. You definitely shared a lot of great stuff with people. I know if people can apply the things that you shared so that they, they can definitely make a difference in their lives and their business. You just need to apply the things Joshua shared. So it's been such a pleasure having you on. It was great talking to you on Zoom, seeing your yeah. face and interacting with you. And it's always great talking to you. So I just want to say thank you for being on today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Victor, for having me. This has been a pleasure and I appreciate talking to you too. It's very nice to see your face and you know your reactions to things. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, thank you. And before we let you go, Joshua, one last thing. If people want to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to contact you? I would say uh, DM me. Uh, my Facebook is Joshua Martinez. Um, I forgot the actual profile profile but i'll tag it on this i'll share this video um or you guys can dm me on social media at coach.joshua24 that's pretty much on all my platforms coach.joshua24 yeah DM coach me whatever you feel like okay and that's on instagram right yeah on instagram okay. and on tiktok 
Okay, so Instagram, TikTok, and also they can contact you on Facebook. Okay. Again, and on Clubhouse. And on Clubhouse as well. All right, so again, thank you so much, Josh. It's great seeing you. And again, uh, it's been a real pleasure having you on. I love all the wisdom you shared. And um, have yourself an amazing night, my friend. And take care. Thank and God you. God bless. God bless you too, Victor. Thank you. Have all a right. great one. You too. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.